0: I'm so sorry. That was 30 <laughs> seconds of you just looking at these eyelashes that Jesse has. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that, guys. I put on about five coats of mascara to get these lashes. I'm sorry you guys couldn't hear us at start. So what, we're, what we were saying is we just have a um, little mini edition of On the rec Yard Women's Prison podcast. We have a man on the rec Yard with us, special guest, Jesse Crossan. Guys, we're talking today about success stories after prison. Thank y'all for letting us know about the sound problem. You know, Jen and I are still figuring this out. (laughs) So this is just about more about conversations than uh, high tech for sure. So Jesse is a Virginian. He did 19 years in a Virginia prison and he's in Austin. Jennifer was asking him what you thought about Austin. So let's hear it again. I need to hear it. I need to hear it.
1: Austin has been real quick. I just will say we have a collective 50 years of incarceration and you want to talk about people that other people would write off and say are beyond the pale. We have three people with 50 years of combined incarceration and yet we're doing well. I think that's just assessment of what's possible. Uh, But Austin is one of my favorite cities. I've been doing a lot of traveling this year and been all over and I haven't found a place that felt so much like, oh, this could be home. Like, hey, how much can I get a studio apartment for? Like, how can I walk downtown or how can I make this work? Because the people, the culture, the music, like walking through the halls of South by Southwest last year, or excuse me, yesterday, it was like hearing 17 different languages and walking by celebrities and government leaders and nonprofit leaders. And it was just so cool to do. And then to be able to participate, be able to speak here. I just feel honored.
0: Yeah. And we were talking about that. Y'all Jesse was a year and a half ago, incarcerated. And it wasn't just that long ago that all three of us were in our individual prisons lost yeah yeah <laughs> you know it, locked up and this year guys jesse was invited to speak at south by southwest are you kidding what did how, what did that feel like when they asked you
1: it didn't feel real i mean but my since i got out a year and a half ago nothing has felt real <laughs> so it's just been one cycle I had an hour and a half s notice that I was getting out. I was supposed to be in prison for another 10 years and I was granted a conditional pardon. And then it was, you know, TikTok and social media starting off and going to speak at local high schools and going to speak at colleges and, and law schools, going to, flying out to speak at a TikTok corporate event, like just these surreal things and be able to meet people and make connections and have experiences that don't make any sense. So my life is basically like, you know what do they call it, magical realism, like uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, like that's what my life feels like. I feel like I'm going through it and it's just going to start raining fish and things are going to start <laughs> growing out of the concrete and I'm just used to it at this point. I'm just accepting, hey, I'm going to go on faith. I'm going to do the next right thing and enjoy whatever comes up.
2: Well, and I love what you say. It's like, I, I'm going to go on faith and I'm going to follow, you know, whatever comes up. And, and I remember, and it, it's amazing to me, that you've been out a year and a half, right? Like all of the success. And I think it really is, rooted in like that self-determination and that faith. Because I remember when I struggled when I got out, but when I finally um, left the really, really low paying crummy job that I had, I was like, I'm going to go on faith and know that, that my higher power um, has something great for me to do the type of work that we all do.
0: Definitely. It takes a level of faith, whether it's God or karma or the universe, it takes believing in something more than you because for sure when it's all on our shoulders it can be completely overwhelming mm-hmm. so we, we definitely have three very very serious success stories about life after prison like Jesse said 50 years incarcerated incarceration between the three of us and that's that's pretty intense right so Jennifer you're doing some big things right here in Austin yeah. some pretty impressive things i don't know if y'all know tunchi Tunchi was, I mean, y'all know her, but I don't know if you know that when we were incarcerated, you wrote for the prison newspaper. I did. I did. So that's how I knew her name. from. And so what, what, how did you take those skills from writing in the prison newspaper and being published in the prison newspaper to the free world? Yeah. So, you know, when I was locked up uh, the second time, it's, uh, because I've been
2: incarcerated twice uh, to 10 years since. And that second time I, would, I really just wanted to just disappear, do my time and just, I was so ashamed. I was so embarrassed. Um, but I got back into my writing and I stayed with it because first of all, I thought, I thought that it was important that you've got this newspaper that's been around since 1930 and there's no female voice in it. And um, there's many complicated reasons uh, to, to why that is. So, uh, I started writing. They, they gave me my own column. Uh, and when I got out, that's all I had was that. So I was, um, you know, copy and pasting that and sending that to, to editors. Um, I was finally able to publish in the, the Marshall Project. And then I just got online looking for people just like this. And I was like, hi, my name's Jennifer. Hi, my name's Jennifer. Uh, and all I really had um, to show were my writings for the paper. And then from that step, I was published in The Guardian uh, I was able to meet people that got me connected into the work
0: I do now. That's really amazing. That's so exciting to think about. Um, you came out looking for people with criminal backgrounds, right. which is kind of a novel idea, and that community of people that have a similar history. Mm-hmm. So what kind of community have you found since you've been home that has helped you to grow and be successful?
1: It's interesting what you say. You started writing inside because that was really my experience. There's so many kind of like, um, for, so many things of foreshadowing. Because I wrote and I managed to get like the Marshall Project and, and months, to Years and a few published, uh, few things published while I was inside. And I started writing posts on Facebook, so I would like send these things out and someone would post them on Facebook for me. And I had people supporting me before I put in my clemency petition. And I built, I built like a weird community where. I would do it and then somebody would send me a printout or like a a list of all the comments. I was like, wow, people actually care what I have to say. And for years, I felt like I was lost and I was just in this black hole where nobody would know or care what I thought or what I had to say. So it was really neat to see that develop. And then when the pandemic hit, I was a peer support or a peer mentor in one of the programs. I used to teach Spanish and nonviolent communication, all these different programs. And when COVID hit, everything was shut down. We had this really forward thinking psychologist who said, hey, maybe we can teach these classes statewide. Like maybe we can record videos and do that. So I was teaching Spanish classes, I was recording nonviolent communication classes, and they were being played in every prison in Virginia. And I was like, man, this making videos thing is kind of cool. I didn't realize that it would turn into doing social media and being able to speak. But the biggest thing that I've struggled with is community since getting out, because the people that we had while we were inside, we may not have liked everybody, we may not have gotten along, but there was a sense of camaraderie from having a shared experience and a shared struggle. And getting out, sometimes it can be hard to relate to people because I'll make a joke or I'll say things and they'll be like, yeah, are you okay? I was like, yeah. <laughs> if, if you've been through you know, what I've been through, you would understand. That's why my, buddy who's, my buddies who have gotten out, I got to pick my buddy up in July. Like we, I wrote the, the front page story about it. That was amazing. Like Now I've got somebody who understands me, understands me not only on the inside, but also on the outside. But then also my two biggest parts of community... So there's a local gym that I go to. I go to the 6 a.m. jujitsu class. I love those people. They were literally just texting me a minute ago. We were talking trash back and forth. And then there's a co-working space that I go to that is like super inclusive and awesome. And it's the staff there that makes me feel like, actually, they, they were talking about they, they hang out after their, uh, after their shift is over and they have like a staff event. I was like, is there a membership way that I could like join that? Because I'd rather hang out with y'all than anybody else here. But finding those people that make me feel a part of and make me feel seen and known, that's the most important thing to me. And I've been really fortunate to find this, but it took six months, a year, a year and a half to get there. Mm
0: -hmm. We were talking about, um, yesterday, the three of us were talking about this kind of sense of loneliness that you can feel coming out of prison. So, we Just like Jesse said, we go from an environment where there is a camaraderie. Every, everybody's kind of been there together, whether it was someone that we would have even engaged with in the free world or not. We were in the trenches together. And there's something about knowing you're not alone in that while you're there and then coming out here and there, How do you overcome that? Jennifer, how do you overcome well, that? Well, I mean, it's
2: just what, like Jesse said, it was like finding community again. Because even when you're locked up, you're, you're surrounded by people all the time. So there is this sense of, you know, yeah, I want to be out, and, and I do feel lonely, but I'm never really lonely. And then you get out, and you're in your bedroom or or your apartment you're just alone all the time and and i think that's worse for us because we had that strong sense of just continuous community so being able to establish that with y'all um with our groups that we do our advocacy work that is really that's what's helped me
0: definitely the advocacy groups for for absolute certain that um being able to come together as a community and work towards a common goal, helping the people that we left behind. And all, all three of that, all three of us are working on things just like that. And I definitely wanna highlight what each of us is doing in respect to that. I also just um, thank you guys for joining us and for commenting, we appreciate y'all so much. So. Um, Ray, uh Raymond's saying that he's feeling that kind of sense of loneliness right now. And so I'm just, what's your, what would be your advice to someone out of prison kind of feeling that emotion of not having that camaraderie, right? Like when we did when we were in prison, like what, what would you recommend for someone? My first thought would be Facebook groups, as silly as that might sound, there are, there is a sense of community in those kind of groups, and even just um, you can just honestly Google after prison Facebook groups, and there are just lots advocacy and family members and ones that just kind of tell silly little stories that make you feel like oh these people were there. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I found a greater sense of community online than I thought, than I ever expected. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started making videos and I started getting comments and starting having interactions and, you know, do phone calls or Zoom, uh, Zoom calls with people who say, hey, you know, my son's incarcerated and I just don't know how to get through this. And, and having these relationships and interactions, some of which have turned into in, in person, like that's how I met Marcy. We were friends on, on TikTok and we talked about things. And then I was like, hey, I have this crazy idea, like, why don't we all get together in a weird cornfield in Pennsylvania in this house that looks like it came out of a horror movie, like nothing bad could happen. it was being an incredible experience where we came together and were able to share those experiences. And Vice News came into the story on us. And part of that was cool, like being able to be highlighted. But as he he pointed out when he was there, like there was some stuff that was just for us. Like it wasn't for the cameras. It wasn't for them. It was for us and our healing journey and our finding a sense of community. And that did come through being online. That did come through just putting myself out there. And by being vulnerable, I was able to connect with other people. And to be fair, I get a lot of hate stuff. I literally had people this morning saying, I need to be crucified. And if we bring back public hangings, we wouldn't have to worry about this. Like... Okay, great, like, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way, but I'm gonna focus on the people that are positive. I'm gonna focus on the good and the, the things that I can be grateful for rather than the negativity. Because those people are drowning in their own nature and they can have it, I don't want any of that. Right. Yeah,
0: and there's something to be said for focusing on the positive because coming out of prison with that felony jacket, that felon uh, mark on your back, you're gonna get that yeah. no, no matter, I mean, no matter the circumstances, even if you're not publicly putting your story out there, you're, you're going to get some backlash from that. And so I think mentally preparing yourself for, okay, there are, there are, that's going to happen and I need to be mentally prepared for it. And I need to let that bounce off and let the good soak in. So guys, we don't have a lot of time this morning. I want to definitely highlight what everybody's doing and, um, So Tunti and I haven't talked a lot about what we do out here other than talk about prison on the rec yard, right? So um, I want to do that, but let's start with Jesse, guys. Jesse Crossan is doing some amazing things um, advocacy-wise. He has his own 501c or founded a 501c already, and um, he's going hard. What's going on?
1: Yep. Um, so, I'm in Austin to speak South by Southwest, which is, again, an amazing opportunity and to talk about adversity and growth and the attitude that we take to challenges in our lives. I, I do a lot of social media. I'm on all the platforms. I do that as a way to try to connect with people and share stories about prison as well as the struggles of reentry. Um, I love the speaking engagements and the consulting, but I, I think the passion really is for telling people stories. And that's one of the things we're going to try to do with our nonprofit, the Second Chancellor Foundation. We want to highlight the stories of people getting out of prison. We want to highlight the stories of victims of crime. We want to highlight the stories and humanize this entire experience and really highlight how broken our system is because how it fails to meet the needs of anybody involved. How punishing the perpetrator doesn't help heal the victim. How focusing on this one thing doesn't help that person be prepared for release and prepared to not offend again. And we're also doing direct reentry entry services through, through an equity center here, or excuse me, not here because I'm not in Virginia, but in Charlottesville, Virginia. You know, I'm a volunteer in the jail, I'm a volunteer in the juvenile detention center. I actually, I'm not wearing a shirt right now, but we have a, a series of shirts that I'm so proud of. These kids in the, in the juvenile detention center designed and printed these shirts and these posters and the art teacher said, hey, I want to I show you like just how big an impact you can have. So now you can find them all around Charlottesville in businesses and homes. And so I brought a bunch to South by Southwest and I'm gonna wear it on stage and I wanna talk about it. And I'm gonna get people to take pictures with it and hashtag it and show these kids just how broad their reach can be. Because what I found so much with people getting out of prison and especially for juveniles, it's this failure of imagination. It's this lack of belief because nobody's ever told them that they're good enough, that they can do things, that they can succeed. And I wanna show them just how far their reach can be because it takes support and it takes opportunities. We can highlight that and we can provide those support, or excuse me, that support and those opportunities. Like the sky's the limit for people. And do we really want people to get out and reoffend and go back to the same neighborhoods and do the same things? We want them to change their lives and contribute and accomplish amazing things. So that's the mission that we have, which is to change the narrative around incarceration and empower people to live their best lives and empower people to have the tools to heal so they can live their best lives.
0: Two years ago, this man was in prison. Two years ago, two years ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, ten years ago, eighteen years ago, this man was in prison. That's pretty impressive. Like I'm proud to know you and honored to be sitting here with you. It's really amazing. So, um, you want to (laughs) talk? Why don't you? I feel like we should just (laughs) (laughs) stop. I I wasn't gonna do it. it. But you're you are also doing some awesome things for advocacy and to help we tell it tell yeah we're doing doing it yes, exactly. That's
2: okay. so yeah i got out uh four years ago i won't you're waiting for me to do the taylor swift bit but i did get it in uh no so i got out about four years ago and um, you know i, I kind of had a hard time the first year but you know just plugging away like i said and finding my community and, and advocacy uh, i work at um of Texans with disabilities, I work on all policies related to disabilities in the criminal justice uh, settings, and uh, you may see my shirt, you may not be able to read it this direction It says finish the five, and and Jesse was talking a lot about, you know, some of the problems with youth justice is this lack of imagination, and so this is legislation that would call to uh, abolish, to close down the remaining state facilities in the juvenile justice department. Uh, Sites that we all know are rife with scandal and abuse uh, being a person in that system. uh, I'm working diligently with partners to close that and create a new vision of youth justice and give kids the supports they need. Uh, And also me and Marcy uh, run a group called Linus Justice Impacted Women's Alliance and it is just for current and formerly incarcerated girls and women in Texas. Um, we we got together working um, on Melissa Lucio's case at the beginning of the year, me and Maggie and Lori and a couple other folks, uh, and said, "Wait a minute, there is no specific advocacy group just for formerly and currently incarcerated women." So um, let's do it. We don't need anybody's permission. Uh, we kind of don't know what we're doing, but damn it, we're just going to figure it out as we go. And we've got massive uh, m- momentum building. We had a great rally recently. Uh, Marcy was featured on the news talking about solitary confinement, Sorry. and for for the first time, I really feel like um, the women on the inside really have the the collective unified voice uh, that they need at the Capitol um, in their communities, and we can help them create the type of
0: confidence that that others help us have when they get out. So. Definitely. And it, in a way, it provides a safe place for women to turn to when they get out because we're offering this community um, and a similar camaraderie. And so that same kind of feeling that you have with your with your sisters inside, we are feeling that out here. And, and it's it's an amazing feeling to help with that for sure. So, um, Wow. my story's a little different guys. So I, I came home two years ago, um, to my family, right? I have five babies that I left behind when I got incarcerated. And so, um, the first year I was working on my relationships with my family just, and we're all still healing, but getting that healing started processing our feelings with each other, spending as much time as possible, just loving them up guys. So it took me a little bit longer to start realizing or thinking, man, we gotta start doing something. And and let me tell you, we were, um, my girlfriend and I woke up one day and it was hot in the bedroom and we were both kind of uncomfortable, like throwing the covers off. And we just both started thinking about all of our, friends and loved ones incarcerated in prison with no air conditioning, that are drenched in sweat, that are sleeping horribly, sweaty clothes, and it brought tears to our eyes and something's got to change. And so that was kind of a motivating factor. I picked up the phone call and I called um, Carrie Blakingers, who I called. I said, girl, I don't know where to start. but." I've been telling my story on social media. I think I could do some things, but I've got to do something. And she put me in contact and then, and then Jennifer 10 and I got in contact and it's been a whirl a whirlwind since yeah. And we've gotten such a support from you all and we appreciate it so much more than you can imagine. You guys are part of our community as well. And I'm sure Jesse, you can attest to that. Our social media community has offered a lot of love and support and given us an outlet because when we're telling our stories, it's therapeutic for me. Do you feel that way? So we just appreciate you all so much. And we, we have to go because we have other things going on (laughs) today, but we appreciate y'all joining us today. And uh, you can see us at on the rec yard on YouTube for more discussions similar to this um, about Texas women prisons. Um, And Jesse, I'm sure you guys know who he is, but if you don't, where wh- what, how do they find you?
1: Jesse Crawson or Second Chancer on any of the uh, social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Got longer stuff on Facebook and YouTube, shorter stuff everywhere else, and kind of documenting, again, stories, but also this journey to Austin right now because there's so many cool things and I really want to highlight that. When you go look at the bats last night and I sat there for an hour and then like an hour and 10 and finally everybody left, including the guy who sells a little like bad brochures. And I was like, yeah, I guess it's time to give up. But I'm going to go back. So I'm going to see those bats one day or the other.
0: Yeah, so. I'm secretly hoping that uh, Jesse falls in love with some beautiful Texas woman and moves to Austin right. <laughs> because we want his power here in Texas, right? We want you to, yeah, we we want you to bring all that energy and love and strength and advocacy to our state. You yes. so, know, yes. yeah, I'm just secretly hoping like some hot day that South by Southwest is going to steal your heart (laughs) but maybe that's just a dream
2: right (laughs) any final thoughts too yeah if anybody um would love to support us at uh, the coalition of texans with disabilities you can reach out to me um you can look our organization up and also lioness just google lioness justice impacted women's alliance going to pull up our website uh and help me and marcy lead this charge
0: of uh, powerful women in the state of texas the Capitol already knows who we are. Yeah. It's really, imp- it's, it's uh, it was such a feeling to go in there and the representatives to recognize our, when we're wearing our line of shirt and I'm like, oh, it's, it's these girls that won't shut up. <laughs> we have to listen. So, yeah. Okay, guys. Now remember, Cass told me to wave Y'all have oh. to until <laughs> Bye y'all. Thanks so
2: much.